Welcome to the Life is for Everyone podcast. Our purpose is to educate, activate, and transform. We post a new podcast every Monday and Wednesday. Prepare to be enlightened, encouraged, challenged, and fired up, ready to go as you listen to today's podcast. and welcome back to the Life Is For Everyone podcast. My name is Grace Youngson and I'm super excited to have Josh Villanova with me today, youth pastor of Freedom Church up here in Woodland Park. So thank you for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me, Grace. Um, As always, I want to open up in prayer and just give this time to God before we get into it. So, Lord, we just give this time to you. Thank you that you are present right now. You're inspiring everything that we say. You're inspiring this whole discussion. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're opening people's eyes, their ears, their hearts right now to what you want to say to them. Thank you, Lord, that your blessing is upon this message. And we just thank you for your goodness. Amen. Amen. So I'm really excited about this um, discussion interview because I have a real heart for young people. And, you know, if we lose the next generation, Mm. then we actually lose the future. And so I think this is a really key discussion on how can we best reach the the young people. I was reading a book recently um, called The Assault on America by Alex McFarland. Mm And he writes in it that only 4% of American teens hold a biblical worldview, which is... It's astronomical. Yeah, yeah, crazy. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, this podcast, I wanted to just talk about how we can best reach teens um, and young people today with the truth. So Mm -hmm. before we get into that, can you share a little bit about yourself and what you do with the audience? Yeah. Um, again, Grace, thanks for having me. I'm really privileged to be on this podcast just for the purpose of really having a conversation, um, yeah. having a conversation to see how we can best reach the young kids. And that's my heart, too. And a bit about myself is that I am originally from Maryland and I grew up um, I, I, I grew up in a Christian home and just really been blessed uh, for really continuing to grow in the word. Mm. And um and basically, it was kind of teenage age, ironically enough, that really God gave me um, a dream of um, of me being involved in fivefold ministry. Mm. So that was basically kind of like that spiritual launching point. I really do believe that dreams are, are the gateway to God, God's destiny for each person's yes. life. So yeah, um, yeah. Any of the viewers, I mean, listeners, I mean, really be open for a dream if you haven't had it, you know, um, because God has amazing plans for your life. So, mm. um, so yeah, moved to Karis. Yeah. And, um, and did a total of four years there. I did ministry school for the first third year, and then I did practical government school for the second wow, third year. Oh, that's awesome. And it's amazing because it's kind of relevant to what we're talking yeah. about because I have now that foundation in terms of ministering, but actually also ensuring that I recognize the importance of of pastors or even just anyone, ministers in general, just speaking on the current topics, Mm. making sure that the word of God actually fills in the vacuum of whatever unanswered questions or unaddressed topics are roaming around. Yep. You know, especially the next generation. So, um, 
So yeah, that's a bit about myself and you know, it's just been recent that God has given me a heart for the city of Woodland Park, particularly for mm -hmm. um, the lost generation, for the next generation to come to Christ. And so that's, that's, that's a bit about myself and what I do. I'm a youth pastor at Freedom Church and, and our heart is to, is to save the youth of Woodland Park. That's Whether awesome. they're saved or lost, actually, because they're <laughs> yeah. they're saved that lived, um, you know, that that lived, you know, lost mm. uh, lives. So yeah. my heart is for them as well. Yeah, you said so many good things there that I just want to touch on quickly. Yeah, um, you said about how you know God gave you that dream as a teenager. I can totally relate to that. I was like 15, 16 when I was really starting to get like the dream of what mm -hmm. God wanted me to do in terms of pro life and just being a world changer Amen. and um, that's kind of rare which is sad because yes. I feel like that is actually a time when God wants to give us dreams mm -hmm. like you're in that phase where you're starting to try and discover like who you are and like what you were made for and it's during that time yeah. that I think is when if you invite God into it you can just experience awesome stuff and you're still like pretty young to have more of a mentality of like dreaming big before you get older and yes. you know um life like gets ahead of you or whatever um and so yeah. i want to encourage as well like any young people and not even just teenager like young people like ask god for a big dream for your life because he has it Amen. And he has big plans for us. And so um, just encourage you to dream. And also like as a, as a young person, as a teenager, you don't have to go through a period of walking away from God. Yeah. Like so many do. And, and I'm not saying that in any way as a criticism, right. um, but I'm just saying like, that doesn't have to be your story. If you're like 12, 13, 14 right now listening, like, purpose to to keep your heart tender towards God don't think like oh I'm gonna go off and like have a crazy few years and walk away from God for right. a bit like it's possible to stay the course Absolutely. and there's huge blessing in that too amen so um the other thing you said and I didn't know that you had done practical government school that's really cool mm -hmm. and you said about how you know it enabled you to be aware that as a pastor you need to teach on current topics and yes. I like the way you called it current topics not political topics because they aren't right even though they have tried to be framed as political mm -hmm. um, you know I was reading a statistic the other day that 91% um, of church members rank abortion as a top priority they want to hear their pastor speaking mm, on I didn't know that yeah so that's like way over the majority of people sitting in church. Yes. But yet, like 93% of churches offer pretty much no expression in that expression area. In yeah. And so, um, and I reckon it's the same in a lot of areas. And I also have heard of statistics mm. where the number one reason people give for leaving church is that they didn't feel like the mm. pastor was actually talking about current topics that yeah. applied to their lives. Yeah. So I think That's it's good. super key. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and the last thing you said was, you know, you want to save the saved and the lost because mm -hmm. saved are living lost lives. And yes. that is, is so true as well. You know, it's that difference between being a disciple or just being a convert. Just being a convert. Yeah. 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 I absolutely agree with that because right now, even among the church, especially here in America, there's a lot of different fables and different 
um, teachings going around, mm. especially with false Christianity and mm. just a just a huge mixed bag yep. of flat out lies, basically. Yeah. And that is what we are here as a church to do is to tell the is to be the first one first exposure of truth. Mm. I think this. I don't know exactly, you know, fully the um, the details of law of first mention. Yeah. But there's something about that that who is the first come first serve regarding, especially teenagers. Yeah. When teen when one of the things I'm learning, not that I've learned because <laughs> there's always more that I'm learning about children's development, is that when they start to get into a teenage age, mm-hmm. generally, they start to get more in tapped with biologically hormones Mm. but also emotionally speaking into their own emotions where they start to get feelings and thoughts kind of talking to each other basically saying Mm -hmm. i feel like you know i feel i feel i feel that this is what's true yeah basically yeah and so now the challenge that comes with that part of their lives is Mm. on what on what basis are those feelings starting to get grounded in yeah is it going to be grounded in a truth or a lie yeah and so basically it's the responsibility of the church Mm. because the book of proverbs makes it very clear to train up a child in the way they should go so that when they get old they won't depart from it what does that mean well when they get old they won't depart from whatever they were trained on Mm. which comes the question who's training them yeah and are, actually, are they actually being trained in the right thing? Mm. Because depending on what training they were given, mm. it's either going to be very hard or they're just not going to depart from it at all. Yeah. And that's the problem in our current generation is that the world system is actually training them first mm. and the most often and the most yeah. effectively yeah. than the church. And that needs to flip flop. Yeah. hundred so. percent. I agree with everything you said about that. That's so good. Um, so why are you so passionate about young people? It's the truth. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a truth to be frank yeah. kind of a person. Yeah. And I b- don't believe there's anything complicated mm. about the truth. Yeah. And the young generation, this is a very, very pivotal, crucial generation of our mm. time because there is one podcast I was listening to where we where it kind of goes into the different generations that that typically happen and like one of the things that I've been seeing about this generation is that this is a very artistic, mm-hmm. creative, powerful mm-hmm. generation. Um, in my youth group particularly, I've been seeing a lot of artists. Yeah creatives um teenagers that have some insane imaginations yeah um and i believe that we're in a renaissance kind Mm. of an era Mm. where probably images about god especially his love Mm. that's never been seen before is actually Mm. being being um being imparted into these teenagers and stuff and so the reason why I mentioned that is because I have a huge passion for them unlocking mm. their their um, their potential, their the, who they are. Yeah. Identity crisis is another reason why I'm yeah. very passionate is because once you know who you are, you know, when I found out who I am in Christ, mm. then it really nothing else, nothing else mattered. Mm. 
I knew that I had a purpose. Yeah. We've seen unprecedented suicidal rates. Mm -hmm. um, that's, that's continuing in, in this generation, especially here in the city um, of Woodland Park. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing that breaks my heart because I don't just yeah. see the suicide, even though that's a very heavy thing mm -hmm. in of itself. The root behind it is that they lack purpose yes. or maybe they have kind of gotten aware of that they may have a purpose, but because of hardships, mm -hmm. circumstances, maybe unanswered prayers, just fill in the blank. Yeah. That would just get them into an emotional ruckus. Mm -hmm. They just have a hard time or just come to a place that they don't believe there's a future for yeah. them, which would be the only thing that would lead to an action like that. Yeah. So that's what breaks my heart. And, um, and with this testimony, I, I, and you know, I, I have a testimony of, of God showing me as his son, mm. um, that is very, very, you know, has impacted my life so much. Mm. And because I saw myself as his son, mm. I saw myself from a father's perspective, which equipped me to see myself to, to really see from a father's perspective for these children, mm. for these abused, for the abandoned, for the depressed, yeah. for the suicidal. Yeah. Because I saw my, I saw them from the heavenly father's eyes. Mm. And that's really what unleashed this passion uh, that I have to bring them home. Yeah. That is so. awesome. I love what you said about, you know, you're passionate about the truth. And yeah. that is, that is the thing. And you know, Jesus is the truth. Yes. So if we want to give people truth, we have to give them Jesus. Yes. Um, and also what you shared about, I feel like, it's so, such a big issue. And I totally agree. Mm -hmm. It's what is a big factor behind the whole suicide issue mm -hmm. is this whole lack of purpose. And I think it's just because there's such a culture of the FOMO, like fear of living yeah. out, just live for the fun of it. There isn't right. this like future mentality of being wise and preparing for the future because they don't see a future. They don't see right. a purpose. So why not just go and live life to just be as happy as possible. Right. And I mean, I can understand that man, that mentality mm -hmm. if you don't have like a vision. Exactly. Um, but that just leads to depression and suicide mm -hmm. because they realize that those things are empty mm -hmm. and they're not worth it. Mm -hmm. So also you mentioned your testimony about God revealing your sonship. Can you share a little bit more about that? Yes, absolutely. And. One thing you just gotta um, know about me as well is that I'm I'm, I'm not afraid to be transparent, even yeah. about um, the specifics. Just yeah. getting down into the nitty and gritty because I know it will bless people. Because yes. if it happen, if if something happens to to to, to you, it it'll it will likely be happening to somebody else yeah. as well. So, from so from me, like it didn't happen a long time ago. Actually, it's just mm -hmm. as recent as a few months ago okay. um, of this testimony. So since end of October. And this, I've been a youth pastor for about two, like for at least two years okay. at this point. And I was, I was doing what God called me to do and yeah. everything, just minister and love on the, love on the youth and, you know, just, um, you know, play bass to serve my church and things mm -hmm. like that. And, you know, and, and, and worked and led people. But even when I'm around so many people that genuinely care about me, mm. I actually was feeling lonely on the inside. I, I, I was, it was weird. It, I, I would still feel lonely and I can like, kind of relate to that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's this striving yeah. that if I, if I do this enough mm. to my, according to my own standard mm -hmm. of what is pleasing to God, yeah. then I would be fully persuaded that I'm a son of God. And especially the sound of the house mm -hmm. that I was in mm -hmm. basically. And 
that getting in touch with those feelings and like coming to terms with those really kind of sparked the journey mm -hmm. of of questions. Mm -hmm. A journey of questions like, okay, I'm around a lot of people that do care about me and do love me, and I would love people, but but I, I still felt alone. I still mm -hmm. felt like I need to convince myself I'm a son. So I didn't really mm -hmm. still believe that I'm a son. Yeah. What is going on? Where yeah. are these feelings coming from? Yeah. And so that kind of sparked me on a journey of um, really seeking the Lord. It's like, what is really, what, what's missing here? Mm. And God had to take me back to my past mm. of, of my upbringing in church. Mm -hmm. and, and it's not to kind of bash anything because at the end of the day, no church is perfect, right? Yeah. So I just want to preface it with that. I was grateful for the upbringing of the word and taking the word very seriously and being able to apply it to my life, mm -hmm. which I will never, ever take for granted. Yeah. It's really helped set a foundation and preserve me from a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. However, what I found is, you know, that scripture where the, the, um, the Apostle Paul in the epistles talk about that Timothy is, is my spiritual son. And it always intrigued me because Timothy and Paul were never naturally related you know, yeah. to, to each other. Yeah. And yet there's a parent, there's a father-son type of relationship. Mm. So there's something about a spiritual family mm. that's already been made clear in the Bible. Yeah. And, and God took me to that scripture as he had me kind of examine my upbringing in the church and there is no sense of spiritual family, actually, that was role modeled in the church. Yeah. And so through that reflection of the past, mm -hmm. the Lord was speaking to me saying, Josh, you've actually never experienced what it's like to be in a spiritual family. Mm -hmm. So you've experienced abandonment because of that. Mm -hmm. And you need to let me heal you from that. Mm -hmm. It's not your fault, it, but you got hurt. Mm -hmm. And that has started an inner healing mm -hmm. um, journey for me um, that really, it's kind of still going on, to be honest with mm -hmm. you, but I've come such a long way because it's been um, at least a month uh, of a journey for me to allow God to heal my heart. It's like this picture of me going into the, this operating room, basically, mm -hmm. and God's the surgeon, and he's putting the anesthesia on me, and he's like, so go to sleep. <laughs> Don't tell me what, how to do my job. Yeah. Don't tell me what parts of your heart need healing because you just need to trust me with the process. And so that's basically what was leading up to yeah. me discovering really what being a son is truly like, not only yeah. of God, but in this family of believers that mm. he has engrafted me into when yeah. I got born again. Yeah. You know, and so it's been a process and it's not fun. It's, <laughs> it wasn't fun at all. Yeah. You know, but through this healing, I, I, I had to, I had to like really kind of um, overcome some lies and stuff about, mm -hmm. about this, you know, about this unhealthy servanthood mindset mm -hmm. I had like of working for a relationship, working for stuff, you know, to, to working for my identity um, mm -hmm. and just really seeing myself from his perspective. And he actually has opened up a lot of deep relationships within the within my church, within the body of Christ that I've never experienced before. Mm. And so fast forward, um, one of the one of the things that God has done in my life is that in a church service, once I've submitted to the process, mm. there is a particular, um, you know, um, you know, um, you know, mom of a young family that came up to me. And, you know, 
one of those situations where you kind of like observe a, a, like a family or a certain person. Mm -hmm. He's like, you just like that family, but yeah. you don't really have any mutual friendships to kind of like put yourself in the picture <laughs> yeah. to try to connect with them yeah. more, right? Yeah. So this is what this is about. Yeah. <laughs> and this mom particularly came up to me mm. and he's like, hey, Josh, we want to we wanna cook dinner for you at our house sometime. And by the way, I asked the pastor for your number. I hope that's okay with you. Aww. Who does that? That's awesome. And that's never happened to me in my life. But because I said yes to the process, yeah. he's really just been spoiling me, for lack of a better term, yeah. on how it's like to be a son of the house. And so um, that is really probably one of the major breakthroughs I've had. Mm -hmm. And uh, through that relationship, I got set free um, from having an orphan mentality. Mm -hmm. I saw myself as a son from the heavenly perspective. And that's really what unleashed um, that greater depth yeah. of, um, uh, you know, of um, other people, especially teenagers and young people, and other people as well, because it's it's amazing. I don't, I'm, it's not only impacted the way I minister; mm. it's also impacted the way I work, mm -hmm. because I'm a supervisor at a, a certain department. I not no longer saw myself as a boss. Yeah. I also saw myself as a father to people. Yeah. But I had to see myself as a son from the Heavenly Father. Yes. So that was the testimony. So November 21 was that transformative experience, that testimony that is really gaining ground with the things mm. God is having me do. Because I don't think if I, because right now I do have influence in, in, in the public schools in the city now. That is awesome. I don't think I would have been well-equipped spiritually mm. to be able to minister from that yeah yeah with effectiveness if I didn't go through this testimony so yeah. it had to start with me yeah and everything has to start with us yeah you know before you can give something you have to receive it yes and so I like what you said about you had to learn your sonship before you could become a father exactly and so wow there was so much good stuff in that it spoke <laughs> to me I would say like um I have sort of had a little bit of a similar journey in that I grew up like amazing Christian home, but was still performance mentality right. in terms of not so much before God, but more before people. Exactly. Like people yeah. are going to like me if I achieve well in these areas. Yep, been there too. And um, and then like they wouldn't like me if I don't. And like if you're in a situation where you're sucking at something, I'm thinking mm -hmm. to myself like everyone in this room thinks I'm the weirdest, stupidest person like and doesn't right. like me. Right. And it's actually been so freeing like coming to Karis and yeah. building relationships and friendships here. It's definitely the deepest like friendships I've ever had. That's awesome. And also has taught me to be way more like vulnerable and open as a person and not be afraid of that. Yes. Because before you think that you have to be this perfect person mm -hmm. for anyone to like, you know, want to be friends or like think well of you. Exactly. And then like people are sharing their stories and I'm realizing like, oh, I don't have to be perfect it's and yeah. and it's it That's awesome. and that is part of actually being a leader is being authentic. You Absolutely. can't be a leader without being authentic with Absolutely. people. Um, to be honest with you, um, you know, if I may add, yeah. you know, one of the transparent stuff that um, that I did with my youth like I think no, it's not this past Thursday because I have my youth services on Thursday nights. Yeah. One of the Thursday nights before I was so frustrated with myself because I kind of had a hard day at work mm -hmm. and it, you know, I, and I didn't have a plan for yeah. the youth service. I didn't know what I was going to preach on, yeah. let alone the plan of what the rest of the service is going to look like. Yeah. And 
And God, God was, I was just having a frustrating conversation with God in the car because I'm not going to go in there as a frustrated <laughs> yeah. pastor. That's yeah. not going to bless them. It's not going to yeah. bless me. It's yeah. not going to, you know, yeah, it's not going to be a blessing to anybody. Yeah. And so God was telling me, he's like, hey, Josh, you know, I, I don't, I'm not the one that causes hardships and stuff like that, mm. but I, I'm teaching you how to be okay with things not going according to plan. Mm-hmm. I'm teaching you how to when you make mistakes, Mm -hmm. to not let it affect your day, to not Mm -hmm. let it affect things because I am greater than Mm -hmm. your imperfections. I'm greater than your failures. And so basically I had this conversation with God. I came in, still didn't have a plan. I don't know how it's gonna (laughs) go. And here's the, you know, here's the youth group. And I coming up to, about to share a message. And I was like, guys, (laughs) I don't have a plan. I don't know what to say. I don't know what we're gonna do. I don't know if we're supposed to do anything. Yeah. So we're going to let the Holy Spirit do what he wants to do because he has a plan, I think. Yeah. And there is someone that got baptized in the Holy Spirit that night and there's healings. There's that a lot of awesome. prayer and there's a lot of, there's a lot of the move of the Spirit. Mm. And so, tra- you know, transparency is not merely exposing mm. flaws and weaknesses. Yeah. That's just part of the big picture. Yeah. It is making room for God's perfection in the midst of our imperfection to reign yeah. over each situation. So that is, that is so good. And I, one thing that God sort of spoke to me that is along those lines, um, I had an IAG at school to do and IAGs for those that don't know who are listening, they're basically like mini talks in front of a group right. of people. And, um, I feel like public speaking is something that God has gifted me in. And so, um, you know, I went to, went before I was like thinking about it, I was like, this is going to be fine. I just need a plan of what I'm going to say. And I completely forgot about planning that out. And it was the morning of, and I'm so nervous. And I'm sitting there. (laughs) And um, actually I was walking my dog because I remembered like, Mm. it's what woke me up out of bed was like, you have not prepared for this. And I was like, oh my gosh. And so I was walking my dog and I was like, God, give me some pointers to speak on right now. Like download something to me in like 10 minutes. (laughs) So holy am I like spending a lot of time. (laughs) So anyway, so uh, God, well, I got some pointers down. Get into my IG group and one of my bestest friends is in the group with me. And the uh, thing we had to talk on was salvation testimony. And we have like the exact same testimony. So she gets up first and shares hers and I'm like, God, oh, dang it. I have nothing to say. <laughs> and I'm sitting there and the devil is like saying to me like, Grace, this is going to suck. And right, like, right. you should be good at this all the more because maybe you feel like called to this. Mm-hmm. And so I was sitting there, I was like, okay, okay. Just fumbling together, trying to put something down. Like, God, okay, just give me something. Thankfully, yeah. there was another girl who spoke okay. in between us. So I had like five minutes while she spoke to think oh, of something. Man. So That's tight. That's <laughs> so tight. I'm like scribbling, you know, typing on my notes on my phone, trying to put something together. And then I get called up. And as I'm like walking up, the devil's like, this is just going to be awful. Like, you may as well just turn around, Grace. Like, don't humiliate yourself. And I felt like God, and I was like, no, you know, I'm here. Mm -hmm. I'm here. I'm going to do this. And like, I have something in me to say that people need to hear too. Mm. And so I was like, and I felt like God just said to me, Grace, it's not about you. It's good. And I was like, 
Yeah. Wow. That's like the thing that makes you so scared to do anything is, is not so much the thing, but it's the fact that you're going to fail and then what are people going to think of you right. and everything. Yep. And I also realized, I was like, God, I'm actually still dealing with what people think of me. Like mm -hmm. I thought I'd got past that. Right. And so I was like, okay, so I put my phone down on the podium and I may have actually shared this story on the podcast before, but it's good repeating it. Amen. I put my phone down and I did not even look at my notes. I just went for it for five minutes and it was the most coolest time I've ever had speaking wow. because awesome. what I said a lot of it was not planned. It mm. was, well, it obviously wasn't because I didn't have like many pointers at all. Right. And it was just God. And what was so cool was the feedback that people gave me at the end. They said so many things that were things I wanted to be as a speaker, but didn't feel like I was. Mm, interesting. And so I was like, God, that had to be you because that is not me. Right. And it was just such a cool experience. That's and awesome. it came back to that revelation of it's not about me. And I think that even, even I'm still like walking through that, even we were at an yeah. event on Saturday and there were some like big names, speakers there. And I was like, I wanted to go up and ask one of them if he would do an interview with me. But I'm thinking like, oh my gosh, like what if he thinks I'm being too pushy or right. something? Yeah, I hear that. And I was mm -hmm. like, I don't want, you know, whatever. So I'm having these thoughts and I'm, waiting in line to speak to him and I'm like semi tempted to turn around and I'm just like just leave it alone like why cause her whatever and I was like no this is gonna be a good thing if we have an interview because it will reach our audience it's gonna reach people there it's gonna be go. amazing and I was like again God was saying to me this is not about you this is about the job the purpose I've called you to absolutely this is about the people you're ministering to and leadership is servanthood it is and so this is about you serving and this might be uncomfortable right now to like be bold and go up to him but it's not about you yes. who cares what he thinks of you and even those thoughts were just complete lies because mm -hmm. he was so happy to do an interview it he was like it was great speaking with him and then awesome. we did a great interview awesome. but it's just still That's walking good. through that whole thing of like, yeah, it's not about me. So everything I do, I don't care if it looks good, if it looks bad, it's not about me mm. at all. And I'm just doing the thing because I care about the purpose and the people. Right. And so, um, that's awesome. yeah, that's so good. And, and also just about like, I love what you said. You said at first, like it was hard going through that, but it's then hard. you said, but now God is just like spoiling me, the fruit of that. And sometimes people look at, oh, that's gonna be so hard if I have to give that over to God. Like, I don't want to do right. that. But the fruit on the other side is so worth it. It is so worth it, yeah. more than worth it. And because of that, relationships are actually reality yeah. for me. I'm yeah. not just doing a job. Yeah. I'm not just preaching a message. I'm not just making a service happen. I'm mm -hmm. not just leading a team. Yeah. I'm doing relationship with people. That house to house type of lifestyle that the book of Acts was talking about. Yeah. It's actually happening before my eyes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just recently, I just initiated a, like a, a core team for the youth ministry that mm -hmm. will um, that will really just kind of on a more laser focused, mm. you know, uh, level, just assist me with outreach and um, further intentionality and stuff like yeah. that. We're actually having our core meetings from house to house with different youth parents um, that's going to be cooking dinner wow. for us and uh, ministering to us. They're going to get some insider information on what we're strategizing wow. together. It's just, 
you know, it's not going to be a corporate feel at all. It's yes. just, we're just doing life together. You yes. know what I mean? There are, there is some hard work ahead, mm -hmm. but it's, it's relationship based, yeah. you yeah. know? So this testimony, as much as it was for me, mm. it really ended up, it really ends up benefiting yeah. a lot of people. Okay. Yeah. Here's a little bit more transparent thing. Because of this workspace mentality I had, I was uncomfortable hugging people. Mm -hmm. Not because I didn't want to hug people. Yeah. I was just afraid back mm -hmm. then, especially as, as a, in a position as a youth pastor, mm -hmm. of putting my reputation on the line. And mm -hmm. these little thoughts. Yeah. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. I, I know, I know this, this boy, this girl want to hug me and stuff like mm -hmm. that. But, you know, I don't, I don't want to find myself in a questionable position. And yeah. These little thoughts I was telling myself. Mm -hmm. But actually, if I were to choose between playing too safe and stifling mm -hmm. relationships because of that, which is actually part of my role as mm -hmm. a pastor, yeah. and, um, and, and, and risking it for the biscuit just for the sake of unconditional love and mm -hmm. learning along the way with wisdom, mm -hmm. I choose the latter half, mm -hmm. you know? And, um, and, and because of that, it's just, it's pretty insane the deep relationships that God has given to me and stuff. Yeah. And, and that's really ironically enough, is the essence of the job. Yeah. It's yeah. relationship, yeah. not much, not much what I do, not much what I say. It's, it's, it's relationship. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think that's super powerful, um, about relationship. You know, Jesus disciples us through relationship, yes. not through facts or like, you no. know, it's through relationship. And yes. I think that we are supposed to disciple others through relationship. You, you build relationship with that person. You build trust before they're willing to hear what really you what you have to say exactly. and, and like open up to you and, and you be vulnerable with them too, which also requires you building some trust with them yes. to be vulnerable. Yes. And I also feel like, you know, in the pro-life movement, a big thing that's been missed is building that relationship. Absolutely. It can, a lot of people may look at pro-lifers as just people who want to give you a law rather mm -hmm. than want to talk about, look, let's look at where this decision is going to lead because I care about you. I care yes. about you not being suicidal and depressed after having murdered your child and now having to deal with all that trauma which the world offers no answers for. Mm -hmm. I care about you and, yes. and having building that relationship. And that's what's so beautiful about being truly pro-life is that you are for both the mother and the child. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. Um, and I think what's super powerful as well is having conversations about abortion, about um, all the these the things mm -hmm. with other people and not being afraid to have those conversations because mm -hmm. um, that is needed and that is that is, you know, Jesus had conversations with people that were not always easy, but he had often, you know, with his disciples, he had built that level of relationship with yeah. them where he could be challenging. Right. right. Um, and Amen. so there is a place for that, but it comes through relationship. Amen. And, and yeah. I want to just say, Grace, I, I appreciate just you and your heart for, for, for that because there, there is a generation and there are lives mm. that are literally on the line, yeah. that have been on the line on, on the issue of abortion. Mm. And there's just so many of us that are very, um, very poorly uninformed because of the unwillingness of whatever party, you know, it, I'm not having a conversation mm -hmm. like about it, you yeah. know, just addressing the elephant in, in, you know, in the room. And there's just still abortions happening, even yeah. as we're talking, yeah. even as we're having a good time, having a conversation, yeah. they're still happening. And it's yeah. very, it's, it, it's very tragic. 
and I do feel and I do have empathy even for those that um, that that go through abortion mm -hmm. as well yeah. those that have gone through abortion mm -hmm. I can't I can't imagine the guilt yeah I can't imagine the shame yeah because you know like if yeah if, if you've been taught just like you know don't have sex before marriage and things like that and mm -hmm. it's happened it wasn't your intention maybe you got you know maybe you got raped or whatever the case is mm -hmm. it's just the number of situations is just very very vast i i can't even say i you know i'm like expert you mm -hmm. know on that topic but i can imagine from them from from them it's just like the responsibility that comes yeah. um as well and you know but as you said we just have to be willing to have conversations and to know mm -hmm. and the church needs to even have this enough of this reputation or have the heart yeah. of compassion yeah of listening yeah not just speaking the truth, which is which is actually very, very important, mm -hmm. but both truth and love have to be married mm -hmm. into one. And I believe that we've been kind of falling into the ditch of just speaking the truth because I don't care how they feel. The reality is you shouldn't have an abortion. Well, that may be true, but is that the big picture of how God sees the issue and how it should be talked about? Yeah, yeah. I know? think actually, a lot of the time the church hasn't even spoken the truth because they're too shy not to offend someone about there it. There you go. And yep. there is mm -hmm. another side where there is some people who are very much sort of in the ditch of not even going to have a conversation and um, could yeah. almost come across as condemning. Mm -hmm. And so there is that. But I think the wider issue is that no one even wants to like go there at all. And, and also it's, it, I mean, it's a subject that people don't like talking about it. I mean, I wouldn't even say I enjoy talking about it. Like no one enjoys talking about, about this, uncomfortable stuff. but mm -hmm. it needs to be talked about. It does. And, mm -hmm. um, I think part of the issue as well is that, you know, and I feel so sad about this, particularly in, in the public school system, yeah. girls, boys at a young age are sold such lies about sex, about everything. Mm -hmm. And so if you yeah. are, mm, yeah, Mm -hmm. brainwashed with that and mm -hmm. you've got all of these movies coming at you that are portraying all Absolutely. this stuff mm -hmm. and that's Social what you media. feed mm -hmm. off of you yeah. you are going to follow that path right because what you feed off of you become yeah. what you eat you become and so it's not a surprise that that is happening because Absolutely. it plays right into fallen nature sinful desires so it, it's not like it's not a shock that, that, that that's going on and it needs the truth in there to be like look mm -hmm. what you see in Hollywood is not the reality mm -hmm. what they're shoving down your throats is not the truth this is not going to make you happy yes. just sleeping around with everyone and whatever else absolutely and um and an abortion is not as simple and safe and um right non-traumatic as they make it out to be right and so right. that needs to be said, but there, there needs to be that time for conversation yes. as well, because so many people just, you know, just don't want to talk about it. And mm -hmm. I think part of that has to do with like past shame or stuff. If you've, absolutely you had an abortion or whatever it is. And with Jesus, there isn't shame about that. There's actually healing and he's the only one who you can find lasting healing in. Absolutely. And that just shows his character. Like he's so loving towards us. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, but conversations are just so important. And, and having a conversation with someone you know cares about you. Yes. 
trust. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think the church needs to be better at making sure that there are safe spaces for those conversations Absolutely. and um, that people aren't scared to bring that up, you know? I believe it takes a revelation. It, mm -hmm. it takes a revelation of like truly what love is mm -hmm. um, because love confronts, yep. love is available, mm -hmm. love is gracious, love is um, matter of fact truth. Mm -hmm. It's God is all those things. Yeah. And I think it just takes our uh, revelation of the true nature of God and mm. our relationship with Him, knowing who we are. Yeah. That is so crucial because, you know, I can know all the principles of how, how to have a good conversation, the importance of um, speaking, you know, speaking into subjects and mm. stuff like that. But if I don't have a revelation of Jesus, mm. I'm just basically playing a cop out, you yeah. know, in terms of trying yeah. to reach people. Yeah. It really takes a revelation of Jesus in order yeah. to really walk in that influence over people's lives to see them transform. Because mm. at the end of the day, you know, I, I remember um, the Apostle Paul saying in the Word, in the Bible, that I don't, I, you know, I don't, I'm not moved by persuasion. Mm, yes. You know, of, of, of speech and stuff. That's such a good scripture. Yeah. You know, it's, it's merely by the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen so many times where I would like it, like a preacher would just be horrible at like delivering messages, mm. but because of the power of God and because of the revelation mm. that G of Jesus that equipped this person for the ministry, you just, yeah. you just see people get transformed. You just see people's minds getting changed and everything. It really yeah. is just a revelation. It takes an anointing. Like yeah. it just takes, as you're talking about in terms of your IEGs, like mm. just God flowing through you. Yeah. He just messes up our plans and like, but <laughs> yeah. that's usually what it takes for his superior system, his yes. superior plan to have its way that unleashes that transformative power mm. over people's lives. Yeah. I don't know if I haven't went through that process that testimony that I just shared on November 21 when I saw mm. truly mm. myself as a son. I don't know yeah. if it wasn't for that, that I would be stepping into the middle school and the high school, mm. that I would be um, seeing baptism the Holy Spirit taking place, of, of healings taking place, of um, people being delivered from suicidal thoughts mm. and stuff like that. And um, still scratching the surface as we're talking right now yeah. uh, regarding the, the teenagers of the city. Yeah. You know, I don't know if I would be able to see these things happen, mm. not because of what I do, not because of how well I speak, mm. not because of how well I planned it out and it went according to what I've envisioned. Mm. It's not because of those things. It's, it's just a heart of surrender and letting him uh, give me the heart for the very people. Mm. You know, I'm just a vessel, Yeah. you know, and uh, whatever I need to be, I, mm. I am by what I am by yeah. the grace of God. So whatever I need to be to these precious souls by the grace of God from moment to moment. Yeah. That's, that's, that, that's what's gonna, that's what's gonna help, mm, you know? Mm, so, yeah, 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 that's good. Yeah, that's really good. So from your perspective as a youth pastor, how yeah. can we best reach young people today? And what are they truly seeking? Are they seeking the hype and everything or is there something deeper? Yeah, give me some time to think about that. Go for it. Yeah. This is a really, really good discussion. I'm mm -hmm. really, really enjoying this. Mm -hmm. So yeah, my philosophy in terms of conversation, I, I try to make sure it's the most insightful conversation, whether it's yeah. here in this, you know, like a setting like this podcast or just in passing a conversation. It's yeah. like, I make sure there's just some meaning we can both get out of it. And yeah. like, so for reaching the young, <laughs> for reaching the young people, 
it ta- it really is um, authenticity. I would say. Yeah. It's authenticity. Yeah. Um, the hype and all these different things. It may be a dinner bell, whatever the case is. But honestly, Grace, it's it's being authentic. Mm. At this point, they have the technology to see people mm. enough to pish, pick up on social cues and all these different things. So mm. they can tell when we're lying. We, they can tell when we're telling the truth. Mm. They can tell what's true, like what's authentic and what's not. Mm. Because they've seen so many things in, within that culture on social media. Mm. They already have that information. Yeah. So they can pick up on stuff. So if we're authentic, and it actually is a law of life that people are drawn to people who know who they are. Yeah. And authenticity so is good. Yeah. Authenticity is linked from knowing who we are. Yeah. Because if I don't know who I am, then I'm going to fill in the vacuum of some image of somebody else or false image of not of who I'm not until yeah. I actually find out who I truly am. Yeah. And until then, authenticity is still hanging in the balance. Yeah. And the next generation is counting on, on people that know who they are. Yeah. So again, it's just, for those that want to be an influence to reach the young generation, you have to know who you are because that's the extent of the crisis that this young generation is finding solution for. So um, that's probably the most simple answer is authenticity. And I know that I can go into details again, like in terms of strategies and like, okay, what's the social media trend? And, <laughs> you know, okay, what, what message, you know, what message do they need to hear and stuff? Those mm-hmm. are good things actually, mm-hmm. like, because we need to speak the truth and love but those are just enhancements mm-hmm. at best. Mm-hmm. And I think the church has fallen into that ditch mm-hmm. of trying to be relevant. Yep. And because of that, they are even willing to compromise. That's good. And twist the message just yep. for the sake of winning the, the generation. On, so good. even from a marketing sense, even if they may have accomplished that goal of being relevant mm-hmm. and putting kids into their youth group and into their church, the reality is the true intimacy of the father has been forsaken. Mm. And so the first love has been uh, forgotten mm. and they've fallen from the grace. Yeah. And so the very extent that they used to win them over um, has to be the thing they keep, have to keep working hard for and fighting mm. for um, until it stops being relevant. And um, it's a very shaky foundation. Yeah. But at the same time, if we're just saying the message without consideration of what actually communicates them at their mm-hmm. level mm-hmm. and their language at the yeah. same time, then the effect of this is not going to be there, even mm-hmm. though the truth has been spoken the entire time. Yeah. So there has to be that balance of meeting them where they're at, knowing who we are, and then just connecting the bridge between us and mm-hmm. them as unto the Lord. And so, yeah. um, so I'd say that if we're authentic, if we know who we are in Christ and we just follow what God tells us to do, mm-hmm. all those great things is just going to fall into play. Yeah. Matthew six thirty three: seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Mm-hmm. And then all these things will be added to you. Mm-hmm. And the thing that God revealed to me about his kingdom is that the difference between his kingdom mm-hmm. and the kingdom of the world that's been winning these, these teenagers so far is that the kingdom of the world is just operated off of works. It's just mm-hmm. operated off of, um, you know, trying to please people. Mm-hmm. But the kingdom of God is just relationship. Yeah. It's relationship with the, with the Father. So mm-hmm. I'd say relationship with the Father, getting his heart for the young generation mm-hmm. and doing what he says. Mm-hmm. That's it. Um, That's it'll make good. you look good. It'll make you look smart. You don't have to figure it out. Yeah. He's going to make you, he's going he's gonna to give you the people. Mm. 
because he's giving you his heart for them. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's really good. And I think that young people today actually know that the hype is empty. Oh my gosh, And yeah. they are looking for something deeper. And I like, I really like what you said about people are drawn to people who know who they are. And yes. you know what fits that description? That is a leader. I feel like yes. young people today are crying out for leaders and Absolutely. leaders are also authentic people. Yes. And so they're crying out because there's so many distractions yeah. and ideologies out there today. And I feel like yeah. young people are even maybe wisening up to some the fact that some of them are not giving what they promise. Yeah. And so they're looking for leaders who are authentic and real and show them truth and yes. something that is more lasting and, and um, deeper. And so, um, yeah, and I think that you're totally right on the whole, and that's kind of why I phrased the question the way I did, because yeah. I really don't think that hype is the way to kind of bring them in. Um, and what you said about the message becomes compromised when you become so concerned with something being relevant. Yes. And I just feel like, I mean, I even have sat in youth groups where mm. I just feel like they've tried to be like extra, like fun and kooky yeah. and whatever. It's and corny, I just, really. It's so corny. Yeah. I've sat there just like cringing and I'm just like, <laughs> guys, you know, and like, sometimes I feel like you're almost treated as a kid. They're yeah, like trying to like right. come down to your little kiddie level. And it's like, we're right. more mature than this. We're searching for more than this. Don't like discount our youth, if you know what I mean Absolutely. by that. Um, and so like, I really honestly believe that, you know, young people can do awesome things. Like I, I believe that about myself. Yes. And Jesus's disciples were most probably pretty young. They I feel like young. some people say mm -hmm. they might've even been teenagers. Yep. And I'm like, come on dudes. Yep. Yep. Like, yep. It's absolutely right. Yeah. I mean, Joseph, um, I, I, with what you, one of your previous comments and encouragement uh, that I echoed as well, like getting a dream. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, Joseph in the Bible was a teenager when he yes. got a dream. Um, he was bold. Yeah. He was bold about it. David got, yeah. you know, David was called as a teenager yeah. um, to be a king. Yeah. And so um, probably on that sense, um, teenagers are very much capable. And um, I, don't, I really don't believe that, you know, any teenager, you know, that's born again, especially, or they just, they have a junior Holy Spirit or whatever the case is. They, they really are capable of so much and mm. they can even take things further than we've yes. ever, we've ever gone. Yes. Like younger. Yeah. Uh, than us. And so 100%. it's just really encouraging them. Yeah. Being authentic for me. I'm not even worried about how I say things mm -hmm. um, anymore at the youth group. I'm just, yeah. I'm just like, Hey, this is what the Lord is saying. Yeah. You know, um, I, I just get straight up. Yeah. I get straight, straight up. Like they love, they love the simple, mm -hmm. clear truth. Mm -hmm. And I honestly, any human being would. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say yeah. that, you know, any human wants authenticity. Yes. I, um, one thing I studied a little bit into church history and, mm. um, some different historians have like put together some thoughts on like why the church expanded so quickly. Mm. And one of the things that they said, and they didn't really hmm. consider, um, the Holy spirit cause they weren't like sure. Christian. Sure. Um, but one of the things that they felt was like a huge reason why it expanded was because Christians actually did what they said. Like they actually loved orphans and widows. Yes. They were real. They yes. were authentic. They lived what they preached. Exactly. Yeah. And that drew people in. And I think no matter what age you are, I think one of the great sadnesses 
that's not a word, but of our generation yeah, right. is that you live next to a Christian and they live the same life as you. And then it's like, well, Jesus isn't real because he's not evident in your life. And I would think the same way. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I believe there's a pivotal point here that's an opportunity that the church just needs to wake up and, you know, wake up, take, you know, take their rightful position, know who they are, return from the grace from which they've fallen yeah. and start walking in the grace of yeah. revival. Sorry, walking in the grace of um, really saving this next generation because, yeah. man, um, you know, Roe v. Wade, you know, being overturned and stuff, mm -hmm. that it, it's, it's great news, yeah. but that's just a step in the journey. Yeah. It's just a step in the journey. Yeah. You know, <laughs> um, politicians can't save people. Mm. Politicians yeah. can only, you know, from Romans chapter 13, I believe, in the book of Romans, the original intention of, of, of lawmaker, you know, of, of, of um, political leaders being there um, as originally instituted by God, like in government, mm. is to punish the wicked mm. and to promote righteousness. Yeah. That's it. It doesn't save people though. Yeah. Because we're in this world that, that we're imperfect human beings. So we do need to be, keep ourselves accountable yeah. for us to be alive. Yeah. That's been the original institution of government, but government was not meant to be there to mm -hmm. save people's souls. Mm -hmm. That's Jesus's job, yeah. not the government. Yeah. And that's why he's placed us here as a church. Yeah. So yes, awesome. Roe v. Wade was overturned and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Um, you know, um, you know, pro, you know, uh, pro-life is, 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 is gonna, um, you know, um, you know, flourish, you know, uh, you know, more in that direction. But, um, that's not like now it's up to us as a church to actually influence the people that are going through situations that would, you know, open up opportunity for abortion and stuff like that mm -hmm. to just let them know it, it's the gospel, man. Mm -hmm. It's just gospel that, that Jesus loves them so much. I think about the the woman caught in adultery. You know, the, you know, did the adulterer break the law? Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, um, was that was that meant was that wicked act that the Pharisees were talking about meant to happen? No, absolutely not. Mm -hmm. But Jesus' response to this situation was not to get on the bandwagon mm -hmm. with the Pharisees mm -hmm. to stone this this woman. Mm -hmm. You know, he was coming from a superior, greater standpoint of nobody really is without sin at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. We can compare sins all we want, yeah. but the reality is we're all sinners and we all need to repent. Yeah. So may the situation not be a justification of our own self-righteousness mm -hmm. to punish the sinner as if we didn't deserve the same thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's no, well, yeah, that was bad. Yeah. But here, here's a teaching moment for us. We're all sinners. Yeah. We're all sinners. Yeah. You know, and he really laid the smack down with that. Yep. And nobody was, you know, willing to come up to the plate to claim that perfect righteousness to stone this lady because no one's justified. Yeah. And so Jesus said to the lady, where are your accusers? Yeah. She was like, none. She got a revelation of grace at that point. And yeah. Jesus was like, I don't accuse you either. Yeah. Now go and sin no more. See, he didn't justify sin with that teaching moment. Mm -hmm. He showed grace mm -hmm. that empowered people to mm -hmm. forgive themselves as, as the Father forgave them and to go and sin no more. Yeah. And that's the type of perspective that I believe the church needs to get a revelation from God about, mm -hmm. is the grace that doesn't justify sin, but empowers them, um, you know, away from, and just forgive themselves, uh, you, know, uh, you know, regarding those that may have went through abortion, whatever the case mm -hmm. is, or those considering. Um, I actually almost got aborted, you know, wow. 
um, when I was in the womb, I was diagnosed with Down syndrome. And the very first option that was given to my mom was to abort me. I am thankful that my mom had a grace, uh, had a revelation of the grace and the goodness of God. See, that was the revelation that led her to not abort me, you know? And I, I, it's the grace and the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. So it, the gospel, it, it's like the, the solution has never changed. Whether it's abortion, whether it's homosexuality, whatever the issue is that the enemy is using to turn people away from God, it's always the gospel. I mean, it always comes down to that. It's just a matter of connecting it from the gospel and the love of God to whatever people are facing. And that includes abortion. I mean, and so, um, so yeah, it's just pressing in and being yeah. led by him. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that you were almost aborted. Yep. Wow. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be transparent. Yeah. <laughs> look at you now. Like your life is so valuable and not just valuable because of what you do, but because God says you're valuable. And yep. that's a big thing as well. This whole idea of the value of life, that idea doesn't exist without God. Absolutely. And this is not a political thing. And I actually think like, you know, you said politicians can't save you. I totally agree. But people have, some people have started to trust that because the church has given that away. Yes. The church has given yes. up that influence. And so politicians Absolutely. have taken it and now mm -hmm. use it to try and convince people to vote for them. Yes. But it belongs with the church. Absolutely. And that yep. is why, and, and it's almost become a political issue now mm -hmm. because politicians have like capitalized yep. on it. But it was never a political issue. Mm -hmm. It's a biblical issue. A so biblical many issue. of these issues are biblical, godly, moral, justice issues, which yeah. all of that stems from God. Without God, there wouldn't be justice. There wouldn't be righteousness and holiness and life. Amen. And so um, I think that it's kind of sad that almost the church has moved itself into a box that's outside of the seven mountains of mm -hmm. influence and failed to realize like actually we should be in these Absolutely. areas. I agree a hundred percent with that. And yeah. It, and what you're saying is that the church, again, God's original intention is for us to fill the earth mm, is yeah. for us to fill the earth and rule yeah. over it. These seven mountains that you're talking about, the government, the schools, the family, mm -hmm. all these mountains of influence was actually originally instituted yeah. by God yeah. from the very beginning. It's something, it's just according to how he created, yeah. created things. And so um, I would even add social media to it, mm -hmm. to be honest with you, yes. that social media, yes, it's full of, you know, it's, it's full of a lot of garbage, mm -hmm. but instead of, um, instead of responding to, to it to exercise um, salt and light mm -hmm. to that venue, because let's just face reality, social media is the communication channel, especially mm -hmm. for reaching the next generation mm -hmm. um, that older generations are using as well. Mm -hmm. But instead of actually responding to those lies to actually conquer it with the truth, mm -hmm. they run away from it. Mm -hmm. And because of that, it left a vacuum mm -hmm. for evil influences to reign yeah. in that area. Yeah. Um, and something that I've learned about American history. So right now, I believe we're in the middle of the third great awakening, Amen. which is a move of God yeah. that he has been on, on the move. On, yeah. And it's amazing. The previous two great awakenings that I've studied, the common factor that the Lord revealed to me regarding the previous two awake, great awakenings that will happen in this one as well is that it's always um, the, the, the great awakenings was always involved um, evangelists mm. that recognized 
where people congregated the most and saw those、mm. as the opportune moments to speak repentance into it.、Mm. Because, let's face it, a nation is never going to truly turn around to walk in righteousness until they get born again first. Yeah. That has to happen because a heart of righteousness is key、mm. to a righteous, prosperous life,、mm. right? And so, in the first Great Awakening, George Whitfield and other evangelists that existed during that time, it was just the thirteen colonies on the east coast of the、mm. land during that time, right? Yeah. They recognized that they congregated the most in outdoor marketplaces,、mm. and so basically, George Whitfield would have a portable pulpit that he would carry on horseback and would go up and down the colonies and literally preach、so、the gospel.、Cool. Yeah, and they would get saved.、Yeah. Guess who was among that flock that got saved and got grown up in the church and things like that? George Washington, Benjamin Franklin, the next generation、yes. that once they reached their time of destiny、yes. would deliver Americans from the、uh, from from tyranny. Yeah, right. And so it's the same thing with the Second Great Awakening. What was the issue during that time?、Mm-hmm. It was slavery. Yep. Well, the evangelists recognized at that point, people need to get born again.、Mm-hmm. So that the people that would get converted and get discipled in church would reach their time of destiny,、mm-hmm. to, um, including Abraham Lincoln, Frederick Douglass, and the people existed during that time、mm-hmm. to emancipate, you know, to to um to eradicate slavery、yeah. from that point.、Yeah. So what God revealed to me, and again, this is what He's personally revealed to me regarding the Third Great Awakening here,、mm-hmm. is.、Um, I don't think it's limited to one issue necessarily compared to you know the tyranny of the colonies during the first Great Awakening and the slavery that was going on during the second Great Awakening, because there's multiple issues we can talk about.、Mm-hmm. But I believe that the greatest issue that Roe v. Wade is only a sign of what's to come is abortion now in this third Great Awakening. I believe that's the that's the opportune.、Mm-hmm. Um, emancipation, or、um, you know, freedom, you know, for that matter.、Yeah. Uh, that God is, is is one of the things that God is using、um, the church.、Mm. So first, people need to repent and to and to turn to Christ and stuff like that. And、mm. uh, you know, we yeah, God is God is doing some amazing, amazing things. So、um, one thing I wanted to encourage because one thing you guys want to know about me, I'm really prophetic、mm. um, as well. He he shows me a lot of things. Um, is that is that abortion is going to be just like slavery, something unimaginable,、Amen. just as much of an atrocious thing? Yeah. I will never apologize for comparing slavery、yes. to abortion. Amen. Because it is slavery. It is、yeah. it is mutilation. It is、yeah. um, horrific. It is detestable. It's inhumane. That should never be tolerated.、Um, yeah. It is stealing lives from children. And the most horrific thing is that it is behind the scenes that people don't know about.、Mm. It's it's behind closed doors, and that's the、yeah. most atrocious thing about it. And like,、um, yeah, and I and I speak on that in the youth group.、Um, and again, I always preface it as like, hey, I'm not a good apologist for what I'm about to say because、mm-hmm. I love you guys, and the Bible commands me to speak the truth in love. So here it is: abortion is murder. Yeah. You know, abortion is murder. It will, it, it will, it will get eradicated as the move of God is going、mm-hmm. throughout the country, and it's our responsibility to partner with Him as we're、yeah. going along this timeline.、Yeah. You know, so that is、yeah. awesome. That is awesome. That's so、yeah. encouraging, and、um, that's so interesting. That I never fully saw that before. That the first and second Great Awakening were actually. 
closely connected to like hot political issues at the, that it was. time. One comment I actually wanted to add, sorry about that. No, um, go ahead. One comment more, because I mentioned that the evangelists during the first two Great Awakenings had yeah. this common factor of understanding that if they target where people congregate the most mm -hmm. to preach the gospel, they would, that's where they're going to find the most effective results of mm. salvations that will prepare people to, you know, to, um, to uh, deliver the nation from whatever the problem was during mm. that time. So for this third great awakening. I think I know where you're going. Yes. <laughs> what's unique from this third great awakening compared to the previous two yep. is that where people congregate the most is actually not in physical proximities. Mm. It's in the digital world. I knew you were going to say that. Yep. Yeah. So... What is very interesting about this Third Great Awakening that, that the two previous Great Awakenings did not have is that we actually have a global potential because mm. of the technology leading, you know, with those communication yes. venues. So what I'm saying is that instead of running away from those evangelists and especially the church at large, because mm. we're all called to do the work of evangelism. The Bible's yeah. very clear about that. So yeah. I'm not just saying the evangelists have the yeah. responsibility. All yeah. of us have a responsibility. Yeah. So instead of running away, from where people congregate the most. We need to start attacking it mm -hmm. and start populating those the social media venues that people congregate the most with the gospel. Yeah. And again, I'm not saying we need to be trendy and all that stuff, but let's yeah. just face reality. Where people are gathering the most is where we need to communicate into. Even mm -hmm. if it's something unique, even if it's something different, even if it has a full full of junk. The Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness, right? The Holy Spirit leads Jesus to places that are the most um, invaded by uh, evil spirits, Yeah. right? Yeah. Not, not for Jesus to, you know, to get messed up and stuff like yeah. that, but because, but Jesus was prepared mm. to conquer enemy territory with yeah. the gospel, with the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. That has to be the same attitude the church has. Instead of running away and have this escapist mentality of just wanting to go to heaven with no soul into yeah. consideration, they just need to kind of like grow up basically yes. and like be filled with the power of God. Be led by the Holy Spirit, even if it's into a messy situation and start mm -hmm. conquering territory because yeah, yeah the territory is ours. Yeah. You know, this is end time revival. It's, yes. it's it, you know, it's time to go to work. Yeah, this is yeah. so good. This is yeah. really encouraging me. And I like what you said as well about, you know, they recognized the areas that people congregate the most. Right. What that says to me is they had strategy. They did. They weren't just doing something. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that is another thing God has spoken to me on a lot because I am naturally a doer. And I'm the kind of right. person who's like, you give me a task, I'm going to get it done. Let's get it done. Um, let's just get it done. Like, <laughs> and, and I want to do it well, 100%. Like, yeah. I'm also a bit of a perfectionist. But, um, <laughs> but sometimes you can get so caught up in just acting, acting, acting. So you almost feel good because you're acting, because you're quote unquote productive right. and busy. Yeah. You lose sight of like strategy right. and being effective and making sure your actions are producing fruit. And yep. that is something that God um, has really taken some time with me on. And I feel like now as an organization, we're moving into a time where we're way more strategized 
with what we're doing. Because when so good. when I first when we first kind of started as a team, we were like doing anything and everything sure. that looked like it would help, and like oh, we could do this. This is a great idea. Let's just do this. And then I realized like one, we don't have the manpower to do everything. Right. And two, God has a specific place and strategy for us. That's good. And we need to tap into that and follow that because people who are kind of like dominating the world, as mm -hmm. it were, they're not doing it by accident. They're mm. doing it because they have a strategy. People exactly. who become millionaires, you know, unless you've inherited it, but you have a strategy to get there. Yes, absolutely. There is a plan, there is thought that's gone into it. And yes. so that is so key, like for the church and with evangelism and different things, not to just be like, oh, well, I'm doing good because I went out door knocking today. Did you, did anyone actually get saved? Have mm -hmm. you actually assessed like, what is the fruit of that? Right. Because maybe you should be doing something else which doesn't seem as like busy or productive, but right. actually it's going to produce the fruit. I agree. And so it's like, what do you want? Do you want to just feel busy and productive? And, and I even feel in the pro-life movement, a lot of people have been acting but mm -hmm. have they been assessing mm. what difference is this actually making, mm -hmm. you know? And that is what we want to hit because yeah. we're not passionate about acting. We're passionate about hopefully making a, difference. making a difference. And so where is that strategy to make that difference, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so I think that's super powerful and something I've definitely learned from that insight. Um, it's really, really cool. So Amen. yeah, this is a great conversation. If, if no one is getting anything out of this, I'm getting a lot out of this. So. <laughs> Me too. Me too. <laughs> but I'm like, well, I, I Holy know, Spirit. That's, <laughs> I know that's people are getting stuff out of this, but this is okay. good. Um, and thank you as well for speaking up in, in the youth group about issues like abortion. Thank of you for doing that. Of so, course. Absolutely. Um, so, just to backtrack a little bit, we've discussed yeah. a little bit about identity. Yes. I would like to just talk about that a little bit more and That's what true. is the importance of young people knowing their true identity today? And, and I actually feel like the whole issue of abortion actually stems back to an identity issue. It does. Um, because, you know, why are you in a position where you are considering abortion, well, you were obviously in a relationship beforehand and it sure. probably wasn't a right relationship sure. and you probably got into that because of an identity issue in yourself mm, where you didn't think you were valuable or you needed someone else's love and attention to feel validated. Yes. And so it really yes. actually comes back to that. It really does. So what is some of your insight on why that topic of identity is so important? <sighs> Yeah, that topic of identity, it it flows, it flows, and anything like everything in our lives, mm -hmm. um, you know, with G, with Jesus, what set him apart from pretty much everybody else is that he knew who he knew who he was. Yes. Um, in God, he knew that he was a son of God. Um. And he didn't feel the need to fill in a vacuum of not having a relationship. Yep. You know, and I'm not saying that we should be single for the rest of our lives and stuff. The principle that I'm trying to highlight here mm -hmm. is that if we know who we are and that we are a son and a daughter of God, mm -hmm. and if we're not a son and a daughter of God, God wants us to be engrafted into his family. Yeah. That's been the message. That's been God's heart yeah. from the very, very beginning. 
and that we have our full satisfaction in Him, mm -hmm. because we are a son and daughter of God. We, you know, son and daughter screams relationship all over yes. the place in neon lights. That's going to fully satisfy us. Mm. That doesn't create a vacuum that goes into unhealthy relationships. Mm. That leads to, um, you know, what we, yeah, that 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 leads to, you know, um, being pregnant and all these different mm -hmm. things. Like I can even think of in the Bible, for example, Abraham. Yeah. God promised him that he would be a father of many nations. Yeah. Right. And there are many, many years that that promise didn't come to pass. Mm -hmm. That discouraged Abraham. Mm -hmm that discouraged even Sarai, yeah. his wife. And, you know, and that led to him feeling like something's missing, mm. right? Because first of all, God proclaimed identity over him. Yeah. God said, you are a father of many nations. Mm. Midway through, until that promise came to pass, Abraham really didn't truly believe that identity. Yeah. He was struggling with that. Yeah. And most importantly, I believe with identity is not just who we are. Mm. I also believe part of knowing our true identity is knowing who God is as well. Mm. So not only did Abraham not believe that he was a father of many nations, even though he was initially excited about that, he didn't, he was struggling to believe enough that God was a man of his word yeah. because he was moved by the circumstances instead of God's character of integrity. Mm. And so because of that, he birthed an Ishmael. Yeah. In other words, you know, he was like, well, I'm, you know, and even Sarah was even promoting it, <laughs> saying like, hey, I think, you know, maybe what God meant is that if you had sex with your maidservant, I think, you know, um, you would become a father. Mm. Now, yeah, technically became, you know, he became a father of that nation for sure. But that, you know, God's original intention was that he that that Abraham was going to, you know, have a son with with Sarah. Mm. And so. Um, so that's why identity is really, really important is because it's knowing who we are and we know who God is yeah. that, um, you know, that we wouldn't have to find ourselves uh, manufacturing mm. his promises of relationship through the wrong relationships. So good. I think that's where I'm trying to go. That go is yeah. so good. <laughs> and that doesn't even stem into relationship, but anything. Anything. And I actually feel like God's been speaking to me on that at the moment is like, Sometimes you, tr sometimes you try to control, or I like the word you used, manufacture, manufacture things in your life because you don't know who you are, but also you don't know who God is. You don't know how much he wants to lavish his blessings on oh, you. Man. He loves and, us so much. Yeah, and how much you can trust him to do that. And yeah. sometimes it's that time factor. It's like, God, this is taking too long. I'm going to manufacture it. Oh, man. You know, and um, that, is, that is so good about... That is the importance of identity, um, that you don't get off of God's path, yes. you know? Um, so, wow, that, you know that's You know what's interesting so about that? Because with, because I believe he was just Abram, you know, his previous name, mm. you know, um, when God made that promise, mm. uh, you know, to him of being a father uh, of many nations, it took time. Yeah. It took time for Abram to know his true identity. Mm. It took time for Sarah to know her true identity. Mm. And so I think part of identity is just like, oh, I know who I am. I'm a son of God. I'm blessed and highly favored. You know, just the usual lingo. And I'm not yeah. saying those are wrong things to say about yeah. yourself. I'm for continue to proclaim it in faith. Absolutely. Yeah. But do you really know? Like, do, do you know 
who you are. Yep. And um, it takes time. Yeah. And that's there's no shame in that. Yep. For me, I'm, I'm still learning truly yeah. who I am. You know, uh, the Bible's very clear. We look at, we look, you know, in the, in the mirror, like, you know, really dim. Mm. And we're only, we only truly know who we are in Christ once we see Him for who He is. Yeah. Because that's the true mirror that yeah. allows us to see who we are. Yeah. So, number one, it's a continual learning process yeah. at the end of the day. But secondly, in the middle of the process, we will be able to know who we truly are to the mm -hmm. point that we don't have to make um, resort to certain decisions that's yeah. not in God's plan for our lives. And that yeah. includes abortion. Yeah. yeah, yeah, 100%. And I think as well, this um, identity is so important for young people because you can't fulfill your purpose without knowing who you are. And yes. I think there's a lot of purpose. There's a lot of yeah. people who are supposed to be rising up in positions that God has for them yeah. that they're not because they don't know their identity. Exactly. And there's other people's lives counting on them rising up. And I yeah. know that kind of sounds almost like... Really? Like, mm -hmm. God is bigger than that? And and yes, God is, is big. And, you know, if one person doesn't f follow his call for an area, he'll raise up someone else to get that right. job done. But I still think there could be lives lost in that time and in that process because now he has to raise someone else up. And, and so, That's good. you know, God can only work through us. We are the hands and feet of Jesus. God isn't this... That whole idea of the sovereignty of God where he can do whatever he wants sure. is not true. Absolutely. He has to work through humans. Yes. And so we have a, a part to play, which is a huge privilege, actually, Amen. that we do. Like, wow, God, you entrust that to me and we have that much power, especially as the church. Like, we have an immense amount of power and dominion. We do. If we step into it, like, Tap crazy it. stuff can happen, you know? Amen. Um, there's that scripture in Ephesians 1, I think it's 1.23, where it says, the church isn't peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. Wow. So the world is revolving around the church. Mm -hmm. And the church isn't just a collection of people. Each of us is part of the church. So it's revolving around what you are doing in your sphere. Absolutely. The world can be your sphere of influence is revolving around you, a representative of Jesus. Amen. And so, and that's super exciting and you don't have to feel pressure about that at all. And this is something that God is really showing me right now too. It's good. Um, and actually, like, I love our team meetings with Life is for Everyone because yes. at the end of our team meetings, we have a time where we just pray over each other. We have um, words awesome. for each other. Oh, man, that's huge. And so last night, we were just praying over each other, giving words. And one of my team members, like, gave me a word. She was like, Grace, God has great things for you this year, but you also need to understand that those things are going to be accomplished through his strength, not yours. Yes. And I was like, I, I that needed too. that. <laughs> I you know, too. it was so good. And that's something God's actually been like showing me all this past school year. It's like, I am your strength. Yes. Do not count on yourself because sometimes, and even like I've been in a, in a place where I felt like I have a measure of ability sometimes sure. and then you get into the thing you're doing and you feel like you have no ability mm -hmm. or you feel like this is not like going as well as I wanted it to like I, I could be pushing harder maybe I'm like not pushing hard enough and yeah. and God's just been showing me like it is my strength my identity it is me and so even though we have that 
that power and that influence, there's no pressure with that either because he is the one who will propel you and do it. You just have to be willing and open. And, so good. Yeah. That's what Jesus did. It's yeah. just waking up, Father, what are we doing today? Yeah. You yeah. know, and, uh, and, and that's what he's been challenging me with too. It's just not feeling like I have to fill in all the white spaces in my calendar yeah. or like, you know, and you, you know, like you, yeah. you, you're influential too. It's just like, yeah, I'm feeling like the need to like fill in every detail. Yeah. You know, I think about Martha and Mary, right? Yeah. And yeah, Martha was concerned about all those details. Not like those details are wrong on yeah. giving Jesus a good hospitable experience. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I guess Martha was into hotel business or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> And like Jesus, was like you're worried about all those details, yeah. and you're even trying to condemn Mary for something that you think I would, I actually care yeah. about that I actually don't. Yeah, it's like Mary was only just concerned about this one thing that you see as lazy. Yeah, and that's relationship. Yeah, it's relationship sitting at the feet of Jesus, like, and this that that's something I struggle with too. Sometimes Grace is like, um, feeling like uh, that I have to help God out. Mm-hmm on um, doing what he's called me to do. Mm -hmm. But I'm just in this place, like other than commitments I said yes to, or like, you know, like very obvious things he wants me to do. Yeah. It's all up for grabs. It's just having fun with the Lord. Yeah. You know, it's like, God, what do you want to do? Yeah. It's like even after this podcast, it's like, all right, God, that was fun. <laughs> Where are you going next? Yeah. You know, yeah. do you want me to sleep? Do you want yeah. me to hang out at this youth family that just invited me over for Bible study after? Yeah. It's like, what do you want to do? Yeah. And it's like, hey, like, you know, I'm thinking this, I can do this, I can do this. God, what say you? Yeah. And just having that intimacy with the Lord and Jesus always ensured, like, he, especially when things get busy, mm. especially when things start to like, you know, because you're going to continue to have more influence, you know, um, influential relationships. Mm. It will continue to grab more of your time and stuff. And I know this has just been an encouragement that I've been giving grace, but it's for any listener that is actually wanting to take part in this third grade awakening and really um, fighting for life. Mm. Fight for intimacy. Yeah. Fight for intimacy with yeah. God. I'm finding myself as like, oh, this is awesome. This is great. And oh my goodness, I'm in the middle school, the high school, you know, all these different things. I'm like, mm. but God, I do not want to, I don't want to leave my first love. Yeah. I love you so much. I want you. Yeah. You know, never, I never want to let even things that you send in my life mm -hmm. to take the pedestal of my first love yeah. with you. Yeah. So always fight for that. And it, again, seek his kingdom. Yeah. His kingdom is based on his love for yeah. us, his, his relationship. And all of those things will be added to you. Mm -hmm. You know, more lives will be born. Yeah. You know, um, more, more women, more, more people, you know, mm. will will get delivered from the lie that's been keeping yeah. them in that bondage. It always come down to relationship. It comes to identity. Mm. It just comes to praying. Man, what you said about prayer is so important. So many people underestimate that. Prayer, like Jeremiah 33, verse 3, I, I think. Jeremiah 33, verse 3, is like, call unto me, yeah. and I will show you secret things that you have not yes. known. Yes. I'm telling that. you, the prayer closet, it's not merely a physical thing, by the way. I, yeah. I don't, you know, hopefully that, that exposes some religion there. It's, it's a principle of the secret place. Yes. Is that quiet place with the Lord. Yeah. Jesus prioritized that. Yeah. Disciples were trying to demand his energy at times, thinking that they know what the priority of the day should be. Yeah. But Jesus is like, no. I told my mother Mary one time that I must be about me, must be about my father's business. Yeah. And that's never changed. Yeah. And so you sit down, 
I'm gonna go to my father and ask him what his priorities for our day is gonna mm -hmm. be like, and I'll get back to you on what we're gonna do. Yeah. You know, so he's not moved, he's not swayed. It's whatever the father does, I do. Whatever the father says, I say. No questions asked. Yeah. So don't ask me. Yeah. We're gonna do what God wants us to do. Yeah. You know, if we're gonna be like sitting in the middle of nowhere and just sleeping here, hey, <laughs> I don't know why God told me to do that. Yeah. But we're gonna lay our heads, we're just gonna do life together. Yeah. You know, we're just gonna have fun. Yeah. You know, and save lives in the meantime. Yeah. So. That is so good, what you said, fight for intimacy with fight God. For intimacy. That is also something that God is speaking to me right now because there are areas where I'm like, God, I need to grow in knowledge and wisdom to be better in this area. And so I can spend, you know, time reading books, you know, about leadership, about right. this, about that. And that's all really good. It is. And and mm -hmm. I have gained so much from reading. Like mm -hmm. reading is my favorite thing to do because of awesome. what it gives me in terms yeah. of like how it grows me. Yeah. Um, but I also feel like God's been like speaking to me a lot recently about grace. Are you gonna trust in your ability to gain knowledge and apply it? Or are you gonna take time to just do simple things like pray in tongues? Will you listen to a because uh, I listened to, well, I used to read paperback books and I've recently okay. gotten into like listening to audiobooks okay. because when I'm, you know, at the gym or like doing something, I would rather like listen to that than just like play music or something. Gotcha. So I've gotten into that recently, but I'm, I'm kind of like, God, like I really need to make sure you are my teacher first and foremost. You are my source of everything first and foremost. So Amen. therefore, my priorities and my time needs to reflect that. Absolutely. And needs to look like that intimacy and um, and even just simple things like when I'm taking a shower, I'm gonna use that time to pray Amen. in tongues. Amen. I'm gonna, if I'm driving somewhere, rather than always necessarily having music on or a podcast or an ebook, I'm gonna pray in tongues and I'm gonna yes. sow this time. And, and that is so powerful. And that is just praying out God's perfect will and keeping your heart right too, Amen. I think. So Amen. it's really, really good. That's awesome. So we always like to finish off on a three minute challenge. Oh, solid, um, let's do it. Yes, so what three minute challenge would you give to those who are listening? Whatever the secret place you have with the Lord, mm -hmm. for those of you who have a relationship with Jesus, and if not, Jesus loves you so much and He wants you to have a relationship. There's no other religion or belief system that has a relationship-based um, belief in God, mm -hmm. um, like what Jesus offers. So um, Jesus wants a relationship with you. Um, and that goes for either, you know, whether you're born again or not. But the three minute challenge I have is that ask the Lord in that alone time with him, what is his purpose for your life? Mm -hmm. How much does he love you? How much does he value you? What is your purpose for your life? Because he's doing a move right now mm -hmm. all over the world for people to come back to Jesus and you do have a part to play. Yeah. So ask him what your part is to play and allow him to reveal yeah. to you. Um, whether it's through a dream or what he speaks to you in that moment or you mm -hmm. just pass that question on and then once your heart's prepared to actually hear the answer because sometimes that's not the case and yeah. that's okay. Yeah. In his appointed time, he'll reveal the answer. Yeah, that is so good. That is so good. 
Wow, this has been the longest interview I've ever done. It's oh, been really, hopefully really Hopefully it's good. been worth it. <laughs> <laughs> so good, so good. I'm so excited and it's so good to like, um, yeah, to just talk about this and Amen. yeah, it's just been awesome. You know, I encourage everyone do that three minute challenge. Um, seek God on your purpose and honestly, your purpose is the thing that's just gonna bring you the most fulfillment too. Like for Absolutely. me, sometimes if I'm having a little bit of a bad day about something, <laughs> yeah. I'll come back to my purpose and I'll be like, God, that's look good. at what you're doing though. That is so good. In my life and through me and it makes me like so happy and, yes. and, and I almost just forget about what just mm. happened. I'm gonna take that, I'm, I, I need to grow in that. Yeah, just encourage myself like, God, man, look what we accomplished today. So yeah, yeah thanks for saying that. Yeah. yeah, and I also feel like another area God's growing me in is just, and it's very much linked to that, but it's like gratitude. Sometimes, sometimes you can look, and even as a leader, sometimes I have a temptation, and I'm just gonna be totally honest, where I'm like, God, that person seems to be more blessed than me right now. And like, I feel like I'm working harder for you as you. a servant. Oh my, <laughs> it sucks. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, and I feel like God's been taking me back to grace. Are you gonna have gratitude? And sometimes I don't wanna have gratitude because I'm like, God, I don't wanna get grateful for this because that makes me feel like I'm Complacent. gonna end up staying. Right. Exactly, mm-hmm. yep. I'm gonna end up staying there. And it's like, first of all, that's what God tells me to do. And part of being a follower of Jesus is surrendering my will and my emotions and my thoughts about that. And so therefore I have to say, this is what you're saying. I have to submit and be grateful. And then I know that he's gonna like bring the breath, the blessing. And that's part of knowing how good he is, you know? Cause you can't, obey his commandments without abiding in his love and knowing his goodness. And Mm. you can't have hope for the future without knowing his goodness. So So yeah, anyway, so coming back to that three minute challenge, seek God in the secret place, ask him to show you who you are, how he sees you, your value, that will just like rock your world and change everything. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Grace. I've really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks for the privilege. And uh, yeah, just hopefully it blesses people. It it blessed me, I'm still learning, Um, but yeah, but God, God is on the move. God yeah. is on the move. I, I believe that the, the future is really bright. We just need to be, um, you know, uh, like watchmen in the church yep. and recognize our roles as we go on God's timeline to the inevitable Very future true. of, um, you know, abortion being unimaginably, yeah. you know, being like, yeah, yes. not even people's minds Unthinkable. Mind yeah, yeah, unthinkable. Exactly. That is that is something that um, I've heard people say this before, so I can't claim it as my own, but I've made it my own. Come on, is do we it. don't want to just make abortion illegal; we want to make it unthinkable. Unthinkable. And I'm on the same page. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I have um, one of my like big heroes in history is William Wilberforce. That's good. He led the. Um, abolitionist movement for the slave trade in Britain back in the 18th century. And one thing that I've really thought about from that is how he made it unthinkable. You know, today, no one, you know, who's a good person, as it were, who's who has common sense or whatever, people brought up in in culture today would not approve of slavery, whereas back then there was a different attitude towards it. Yeah, there's, and, tolerance, there's yeah. tolerance of it. Yeah. yeah, and I feel like God 
has said to me is, well, like that is the goal. The goal is not just to make it illegal. The goal is in 20, 30 years time for people to look back on it and think, how did that ever happen? I know. This is awful. Yeah. And, and that is what we're going for. So. Amen. Yeah. It's going to happen. It's Amen. God's heart. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you everyone for listening. Um, don't forget to subscribe, follow along so you never miss a podcast and we will speak to you soon.